Blog Talk Radio. Welcome on into the Hooper's Log. It is December 24th. Oh, yeah. Christmas Eve. It is Christmas Eve here on the Hooper's Log. 8 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, it's early. Oh, it's early here on the Hooper's Log here on CLNS Radio. Yes, it's that time of year. The day before everything gets crazy. The day before the biggest night in the NBA. Outside of probably the playoffs and the All-Star Weekend. Outside of that, this is the biggest day, regular season-wise, in the NBA for tomorrow. Not today. Christmas Eve is not a day to get excited for on the Hooper's Log, but Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, is the day to get excited for. Christmas Eve is not a day because there's no games. Uh, Last night in the NBA, we had quite a bit of matchups. There were 13 games on the schedule, everyone getting their holiday cheer out of the way until they come in today with the day off, and then you go into Christmas Day with the five monster matchups. Again, welcome on in. My name is Simo Buckets. Uh, If you're new to this, uh, this is episode 100. I don't know where Andrew's at. It's early. It's 11 a.m. Eastern time. I don't know where he's at. He's probably doing last-minute shopping. Good for him. He should be. Um, I, I, on the other hand, have no life, and it's early on here on the on the West Coast, so my chances of being here uh, for very long won't be the case if Andrew's not here. Hopefully he will be. If not, it's totally fine. It happens. Hey, uh, it is Christmas Eve here on the Hooper's Log. 2015 Christmas Eve on the Hooper's Log. And again, we'll recap those 13 games here in a moment. Uh, some some big-time news in the NBA that happened yesterday, uh, or at least some some statistical things that happened that were outstanding. Uh, we'll get into that stuff here in a little bit. Uh, not really any major news in the world of basketball that has happened since yesterday, so we won't really go in-depth about that. Carmelo Anthony is upset that the Knicks aren't on Christmas Day. Uh, I am in full agreement with him, um, but you did get a sample size of uh, what a free 99 education looks like at Syracuse University. Uh, I ain't watching nothing. That's what Carmelo Anthony told the media when he uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers and Knicks played last night. I ain't watching nothing. Uh, and this guy got a free education to go to Syracuse. Now I understand that he's a professional athlete now, and obviously he's been in the league for as long as he's been, and I love Carmelo Anthony, but uh, when you use the kind of language he used and the way he's quoted in many of the quotes that you see through Twitter or through these other posts that he had uh, about Christmas Day and the Knicks not being on, um, yes, sir, Syracuse University is uh, is being promoted with its uh, education system. Uh, it looks outstanding. 13 games on the NBA last night. I don't see uh, I don't see my guy, Andrew Norris, on the line. Uh, it's totally cool. Um, but uh, we will get to these games to recap them, and then we'll talk about some of the major things that happened. The wiper away performances, there weren't very many of them in the world in the NBA last night. There were only four of them. And then um, there was also a big-time statistical achievement that occurred last night in the NBA. Let's get it going, Kevin Hart. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Yes, we will. Yes, we will learn today. Kevin Hart getting it done today for uh, for us here on the Hooper's Log, and we have 13 games to recap for you. The Boston Celtics seeding the victory last night over the Charlotte Hornets, 102-89, to as the Boston Celtics win big in that one now, 16-13, and a big-time victory for them as they now move forward in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the New York Knicks lose to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Carmelo Anthony was not in attendance in that one. Uh, he needed some form of rest of some kind. I think his legs were bothering him. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are now 19-7 and going into that uh, Christmas Day game against the Warriors. Probably game of the day by far. I feel like if you're an NBA fan, if you love basketball in general, that is the game to watch for Christmas Day. We'll get into those games after we recap these games from last night. Uh, Cleveland getting the victory there, 91-84 over the New York Knicks. The Knicks are now 14-16. and It's safe to say that we're a solid 30 games into the regular season now at this point. Some teams, like the, like the Cavs, are still about 26 games in, but a majority of the teams have touched that 30-game plateau to this point. Uh, Indiana and Sacramento. Boy, Sacramento got the victory last night. I did not see that coming at all. 
Uh, Sacramento getting the victory 108 to 106 in Indiana. Indiana drops to 16 and 12. Sacramento is now 12 and 17. They're they're hanging in there a little bit in the Western Conference, uh, but the Pacers uh, they don't quite keep up with that one. Uh, the Rockets lose to Orlando in Orlando. Not shocking. I called this. I, I mean, again, Houston has a more talented team than Orlando as of now, but Orlando is more than willing to keep pace with anybody in this league, and they've proved it all year. They're 17 and 12. Think about that. The Orlando Magic are 17 and 12. Look at the standings as of Christmas Eve 2015. Look who's hanging out in the fifth spot. The Orlando Magic at 17 and 12. Miami is 16 and 11. Toronto at 18 and 12. Atlanta 19 and 12. And Cleveland uh, five games up in the loss column over Atlanta at 19 and 7. It's Orlando Magic team, man. I'm telling you. Uh, they had a couple of games go not quite go their way early on in the season. This team could easily have 20 wins right now, and they could be hanging around the Cleveland Cavaliers if it wasn't for a couple of those games. And I know there's a lot of other teams that have the same kind of mentality, but this Orlando team is maybe a lot better than we expected. I said coming into this year this is one of the more exciting teams to watch, along with Indiana, who's also been very exciting. They're now 16-12, and 12, obviously, in their loss. But this this Orlando Magic team going into – uh, going into uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I don't know how else you can get excited for this organization. They have been one of the more interesting, fascinating franchises to watch here over this first month and a half of basketball, nearly two months now as we head into the Christmas Day games tomorrow. And uh, Orlando is looking like a legit contender. And it's early. It's definitely early. January is the month where we'll get into January here in about a month from about a, about a week from now. But January is the month. A lot like August in baseball, a lot like uh, a lot like November in football, December especially, where you see the separation start to occur. The real teams start to separate from the pack in January, and then when you get into February and definitely early March uh, after the All Star break, you really start to see the separation start to take a place in the NBA. But January is the real month where you see the real teams and uh, them battle and grind throughout difficult portions of the schedule, long, long weeks where they have three or four games a week. It, it, it gets intense in January. A lot of the schedule picks up come January when the NFL playoffs are going on. you got college football, college basketball is getting started. The NBA starts to churn out these games in, in, in January, and that's when you'll start to see the real change occur. And the Orlando Magic, as of now, they look outstanding. In the Rockets, they look average, 15-15. and 15. Their record really does speak to who they've been. They got off to a slow start this year. Actually, they got off to a actually they did get off to a really slow start this year. Went on their own little run after that, and then they then they lost some more, and then they won some more, and then they lost. They have been a very average team. Orlando has just had a couple of breaks not quite go their way, and they're still hanging in there as a top five seed right now in the Eastern Conference. Outstanding stuff for them in Orlando. Uh, in that Sacramento Indiana game last night, Sacramento won one hundred eight to one hundred six. I forgot to mention. Rajon Rondo had a whiteboard-worthy performance, 13 points, 16 assists, 8 rebounds. He was two rebounds short of another triple-double, a 53 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. Um, and as I mentioned, we will be implementing a new whiteboard-worthy performance scale come Wednesday, or come next month, or next year, I should say. In 2016, we will implement it by then. And I mentioned it on the last show. If you missed it, go to episode 36 and you can check out what the uh, wipe away the performance scale looks like now going into uh, going into 2016. It's a quick episode on episode 36, so you don't have to really uh, listen to too much to get to that point. Um, other games from last night, Washington Wizards beat the Memphis Grizzlies 191. I picked the Wizards in this one as well. I told you Orlando would win. I told you, told you, uh, uh, I told you the Washington Wizards would win. I'm telling you, just keep listening to my picks. I'll, I'll get them done for you. I guarantee you that'll be the case. Uh, the Wizards, again, come out and play an outstanding basketball game. They've been getting better as of late. John Wall's been looking great. He had another game where he had 14 assists. And you, you you really got to see a team in Washington where when they put it all together and everything starts to click, they're a scary team to deal with. And what's really even scarier is the fact that still Kevin Durant has the opportunity to go there in Washington and impact them coming up this next summer if he so chooses to go back home to Washington. That that is that that team's getting better. 13 and 14, not where we expect them to be. They're definitely underachieving as of as of late, but they're a team that's getting better and if they get better, John Wall is one of the better point guards in the league to deal with. Probably game of the night. 
when it came to the overall uh, quality of basketball. Dallas Mavericks getting the victory in overtime over the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn, 119-118. to Big-time statistical monumental achievement in this one. And, I, and honestly, it really just goes to show you that Dirk Nowitzki has been the Peyton Manning of this era. He has. He's been the Peyton Manning of basketball over this era. Now, he hasn't had the uh, – I, I wouldn't say he has had the, the, the gravitas or the or the, the repertoire that, that Peyton Manning has had. He's not seen as the – it's the greatest player in the league or has had five MVPs. He's not that decorated like, like Pete Manning, but when it comes to comparisons between power forwards, him and Tim Duncan are pretty much the perfect comparison when it comes to like Pete Manning and Tom Brady. Uh, uh, Tom Brady is a lot like, I mean, Tom Brady and, and Tim Duncan are very similar. I mean, both winning championships, uh, hated in some respect. People respect Duncan now, but give it 10 years ago, and people did not like Tim Duncan. I mean, a lot of the majority of people did not like Tim Duncan. They respected him because he was great. But when it came to his ability to, to, to enlighten the crowd and be entertaining, he's not that kind of player. He just goes out and wins. Tom Brady irritates you in different ways. He's been known to be a cheater. It's different. It's different. But when it comes to winning, they're both the same. Dirk Nowitzki is a guy who has been to multiple titles and only won once, a lot like Peyton. He now is top six in scoring. He passed Shaq last night, number six all-time in scoring. Think about that. Think about the amount of amazing players in the NBA that have walked on through the hallowed halls of the NBA. And Dirk Nowitzki is now sixth all-time in scoring. List off the people who are ahead of him. Kobe Bryant, Karl Malone, uh, uh, obviously, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Who else is ahead of him? I mean, those are the three guys ahead of him. There's obviously two more guys who are ahead of him. I can't li- list them off right now. But those those are the play- Michael Jordan. I forgot to mention Michael Jordan. So, Carl Malone, <clears throat> Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and there's one more I'm missing. I, if you want to call in in the FanDuel Studio phone lines, feel free, 323 642 one five five eight. I'm not sure who the I'm not sure who that last score is, but those are the four that I can think of. Those four players that I just mentioned, I mean all first ballot Hall of Famers by far. And to see Dirk get to this level where he's now top six all time in scoring and he could potentially get to top five before we know it. I mean, that's nothing to shake your head at. That that blew me away last night when I saw that blow up on my phone. Dirk Nowitzki is now passing Shaq for sixth all-time in scoring. That into perspective of how great Shaq was in his career, and now Dirk Nowitzki has passed him. It's, it's Peyton Manning-esque where he's just passing up guys. He's doing it in a very quiet way, but it's just going to show you that he now is really turning into one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen in basketball history. And we're watching a living legend, Dirk Nowitzki, walk up and down the court and shoot his fadeaway jumper. And it really, he has been one of the more finesse big men we've ever seen in the, in the game of basketball. And he's sixth all-time in scoring. Look, I used to hate Dirk. I'm not going to sit here and lie and tell you that I didn't. I, I loved Dirk when he first came into the league. I never, I've, I never liked Dirk for the longest time. But since he's gotten closer and closer to the end of his career, the guy has just grown on me. I mean, seriously, how can you not have a guy who's – become now sixth all-time in scoring grow on you when it comes to his ability to get to the hoop. It's unbelievable. And really, he's he's played not not to get to the hoop, but to get away from the hoop, back you down, and shoot a fadeaway to win ballgames. That's that's beyond impressive in a league and in a game where you're, 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 you're supposed to try and get as close to the hoop as you can, and this guy has found a way to become successful away from the basket. It's It's incredible to see what he's done throughout his career, and it's getting more and more storied as time goes on. And Dallas gets the victory 119-118. to 118. Funny enough, we mentioned the Dallas Mavericks. J.J. Barea, 32 points and 11 assists last night. He got a wiper-worthy performance, 54 on the wiper-worthy performance. But Dirk Nowitzki is the story. Sixth all-time in scoring. It, it is an incredible legacy to see a guy get to that level and play to that level that Dirk Nowitzki has throughout his career, and a tip of the cap from me, someone who really hasn't been the biggest Dirk supporter throughout his whole career, but I'm telling you, sixth all-time is nothing to sneeze at, and we can sit here and say we've seen one of the greatest scores, if not probably the greatest scoring power forward 
in NBA history. And that's saying something, considering there have been some unbelievable power forwards in this league. Um, Atlanta, Detroit last night, 107. Ooh, excuse me. They beat, Atlanta beats Detroit 107 to 100. Atlanta now 19 and 12. I mentioned that earlier. Detroit now 17 and 13. Uh, Detroit's still hanging around. I mean, they're, they're playing great basketball. I would have liked to hear Andrew on this on this one, but that's okay. Um, again, it, Jeff T got a wipe away the performance. 23 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds, and 4 steals. A 51 on the wipe away the performance scale. Uh, if he would have had a lo- little more points, he would have had a better performance, but he still had an outstanding game. I mean, that's 23 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds, and 4 steals is an outstanding performance. Either way you look at it. Um, again, Atlanta getting the victory there. Uh, moving up in the uh, standings, they're now number two in the standings at 19 and 12. Uh, Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks. Think, think about this, people. Milwaukee Bucks beat the Philadelphia 76ers 113 to 100. Philadelphia was an 11 point underdog, and they still couldn't cover the spread. Philadelphia loses their 30th game before Christmas Day. Philadelphia, one and 31 in the NBA to start the season in the first 31 games. It's it's getting to the point now where uh, we, it's already gotten to the point where it's laughable. It's beyond laughable. It's beyond sad. It's beyond embarrassing. It's just to the point now where it's like, I don't even know. I don't even know if this team's going to be able to, to get, are they, they're going to lose 70 games this year. This team might lose 75 games. They might even lose 80 games. And that's not too far-fetched to say. It's not. 80, if they if this team loses 80 games, that entire organization, the players, everything needs to just disappear. And I'm not saying they need to go away and, 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 and leave Philadelphia. I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to say is, is look, 1-30 is, is a joke. I mean, that is uh, – I don't know how you can dig up from this. I'm telling you, if you're a fan of the Philadelphia 76ers, the real MVP goes to you because this, uh, this is bad. It's, it's more than bad. I mean, you talk about – getting one win for Christmas. That's all the Philadelphia 76ers have had since the end of October. Think about this. The NBA season started at the end of October. One week at the end of October. And Philadelphia can't even they, – they've only won one game. I mean, it is uh, – it's – I'm telling you, going to a 76ers game must be just brutal because this team cannot do anything to get out of their own way right now. And, again, they lose 113 to 100 – one and thirty is their record. It is atrocious there in Philadelphia. So the Spurs play the Minnesota Timberwolves last night, and uh, they got the victory again. Twenty-five and five now, heading into Christmas Day for tomorrow. One hundred eight to eighty-three over the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's their second second place all time in their first thirty games, uh, with with the second highest point margin ever. I believe their 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 average margin of victory is about is about eleven points a game. Think about that. This team has the and that's 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 doing better than the Golden State Warriors who have dominated this first half of the season. I'm telling you, dominated. I mean, they they won last night too, one hundred three to eighty five over the Jazz. Twenty seven and one now are the are the Golden State Warriors. Jazz dropped twelve and fifteen. It's kind of expected considering Rudy Gobert is still out for that team. But the Golden State Warriors, they have played amazing, but they have not had the point spread that the that the that the San Antonio Spurs have had over other teams this first thirty games of the year. Excuse my yawning, good lord. Um, and, and to see this team doing what they're doing, there was a couple of uh, highlight reels from last night with from the Spurs team where they just they just dominated the basketball. They just made some beautiful passes, extra passes that that just choreographed the game of basketball perfectly. And I don't know any other way to describe what they did other than the fact that it was just straight-up beautiful. I mean, it was. It was just unbelievably beautiful basketball. And when the team's not prepared to play this Spurs team, I don't know who can beat them, really. I don't. Right now, when it comes to the NBA and how teams are playing, I don't know who can beat the San Antonio Spurs. I don't think Golden State can even touch them right now. I think this is the best team playing right now in the NBA, the San Antonio Spurs. They're the best team playing. And you can make the case that Golden State's won 27 games, uh, 27 and one to, to start. But the way the Spurs are playing right now, I don't think anyone wants to face them. I don't think anyone wants to face them. They have played that good of basketball. They have looked that great. Kawhi Leonard is guarding every single good player on on the opposite uh, end of the floor and is just dominating. 
and they're playing team basketball to perfection. And it's it's scary to watch. And as a Spurs fan, I mean, I've seen this team play great at multiple times. And, and, and over these last five, ten games, this has been a stretch where I'm just like, wow, this team really cannot be touched right now. They have just been just dominating uh, opponents th- at this point in time of the year. And granted, they might be peaking a little early, but if they peak like this now and play this way for the next month or so, they might see themselves jump into first place, considering the run that Golden State has to go on here in about a month where they got a, a scary six-game stretch. If they don't come out of that stretch playing very well, by the time the Spurs keep coming, the Spurs might take first place. They're playing great basketball as of late, and beating the Wolves, T-Wolves the way they did last night, 108-83, to was an indication of that uh, play perfect, perfectly. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans get the victory over the Portland Trailblazers. Again, Trailblazers did not have uh, Damian Lillard. He should be back this weekend after Christmas, um, and the, and the uh, Trailblazers should come back. They're now 11-20. and 20. Uh, I think we're starting to see the Trailblazers come back to earth now. I think the 11 wins was a little overachieving early on. This team might drop into that category of uh, of, a, of a Philadelphia 76ers and uh, and Los Angeles Lakers here sometime soon uh, because of the fact that they just do not have the talent on both sides of the basketball court. New Orleans, again, they, they won 115-89. to The final wiper were the performance of the night. Tyreek Evans, 28 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds, and 2 steals. He was three statistical anomalies away from getting a triple-double um, performance of the night from Tyreek Evans, a 28-9-8 and two steals from him in that one. Uh, and the, the New Orleans Pelicans are now 9-19. and they're, they're, they're creeping their way back into the conversation in the Western Conference. They're going to have to play another solid month of basketball to come back into the conversation, but this is something we expected for this team coming into this, uh, coming into this portion of the season when they got all their players back. Look, they were going to be injured the first month, month and a half of the season, and then come right around Christmas time or a couple of days before, a couple of weeks before Christmas time, they would finally catch their stride. And they look to be finally catching their stride. And they're beating teams they're supposed to be beating. And if they do that and catch out, catch some good teams off guard here and there, find themselves back in the conversation of the playoffs again later on. And, and again, they may have dug themselves a whole little early, but if they find a way to catch up and, and improve here over the next month, month and a half, they'll find themselves back in the discussion of playoff basketball sometime soon. The Denver Nuggets beat the Phoenix Suns last night, 104 to 96. Randy Floyd came out and had 31 points. Will Barton had another fantastic game off the bench. I'm telling you, Will Barton might win sixth man of the year. I'm telling you right now, as of Christmas Eve, 2015, episode 37 of the daily series here on the Hooper's log uh, in the FanDuel studios, my name is Simo Buckets. I think Will Barton is the sixth man of the year. This guy, he came off the bench last night and again dominated. And, and if a guy like Randy Foy can get 35 points and a guy like Will Barton can dominate off the bench and the, the, the key contributors on Denver can find ways to win ballgames like this, they're going to be a good team to contend with later on. Phoenix is, is really kind of losing their, losing their wheels right now. 12-19, and 19, they're not playing good basketball. They're not playing to the expectations we expect them to play at at this point in time of the year. Um, I expected them to be more of a 14, 15 win ball club, and and they're and they're they're dropping around 12, you know, 13. Maybe they'll come back and have a three game win streak and get back to to even par. But as of now, they're kind of underachieving as I last expected. Maybe it's maybe it's the fact that, that two guard uh, play is not working to the level they thought it would in Phoenix. Uh, and I just mentioned Golden State beat the Utah Jazz 103 to 85. Again, now 27 and one, number one team in the Western Conference by far. Um, but the Jet, but the Spurs have also been catching up and been playing outstanding basketball, as I just mentioned. And Oklahoma City Thunder last night, 120 to 85 over the Los Angeles Lakers. They dominated. They're now 20 and nine in the Western Conference. They're one of the few teams, one of the four or five teams in the Western Conference that have a chance of potentially competing for an NBA title this year. And um, Russell Westbrook came very close to wipe over the performance. He was he had a 49 on the wipe over the performance scale. I believe he had 20 plus points. Uh, eight assists, eight rebounds. We don't give Russell Westbrook uh, honorable mentions because he's on the wiper with the performance every other day. So we're not going to put him on there as an honorable mention, but he did have an outstanding performance in that one. And Kobe Bryant didn't have too bad of a performance himself. Uh, I believe he had 20-plus points in that one. Uh, but, the, but the Lakers still 5-24 and 24 heading into Christmas Day for tomorrow. Uh, just not where. I still don't see Andrew Norris on the line. Uh, probably, like I said, probably last-minute Christmas shopping. It's probably going crazy there in New York. It happened, or excuse me, in Detroit. Uh, it happened. I bet you New York is crazy, too. Think about it. Think about New York right now, Christmas Eve. I bet that's one place you don't want to be right now. The stores are packed. 
Places are just going crazy. People walking around getting their last-minute shopping gifts going. I guarantee you it is a just hopping mess there in New York. It's probably a good time, but it's probably just going bonanza crazy when it comes to this time of the year. Again, nothing really happened in the world of college basketball last night, so it's not worth bringing up. Um, nothing else really happened. No major news in the world of the NBA. Uh, but no games on the night in the NBA, so we won't, recap, we won't preview those. But we will preview these five Christmas Day basketball games, yes. Let's start off with the ESPN game. Uh, first game of the morning, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. New Orleans heads to Miami. The 9-19 and New Orleans Pelicans head to the 16-11 and Miami Heat basketball team who has been playing outstanding. Look, we're going to break down these games, and then we'll get you on out of here and get you back to your, your, your normal day, your routine. If you're shopping, if you're doing what you need to do, if, if, you're, if you're hanging around the fire, listening to the Hooper's Log a little bit, I mean, just, just bear with me. These are your previews for the Christmas Day games as of now. New Orleans 9-19 and heading into Christmas Day. Miami 16-11. and Look, my, my preview for this game is, look, Hassan Whiteside has been playing out of his mind as of late. If you're one of those sports fans that is just tuning into the Hooper's Log and just tuning into basketball now on Christmas Day, and you're just trying to figure out now where these teams stand coming into Christmas Day, this is the perfect preview for you. Miami Heat, as of late, have been looking like a team that's – that. I'm telling you, they're a good team, but I don't think they're a team still has the they're, – they're not – they still have to prove to me if they're a pretender or a contender. They still have to prove to me. They have to prove – well, look who decided to show up to the party. Andrew Norris. What's up, man? I just woke up, man. I uh... Dude, <laughs> hey, hey, I got two hours of sleep last night. I am – I am what? I, I think I saw Santa Claus last – I don't know, man. I was playing Tony Hawk. I was playing Wolfenstein. It was a video game kind of night, and I just decided to stay up all night and play video games. I don't work today. Um, I just decided, look, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay up, and I'm gonna break down some of this stuff, um, and I'm gonna get into a good show. Don't worry about just waking up, man. I just woke up too. I, I'm, I'm literally running on fumes right now. I mean, it is, it is insane how I feel. Um, we just broke down the games from last night, and we're just about to get into the preview of the Christmas Day games. I wanted to ask you something, though, and I thought this would be a good comparison, considering um, the way he's the way his career has mirrored Peyton Manning, Dirk Nowitzki. Think about it not as not as decorated of a of a career as Peyton Manning, not as prestigious, but when it comes to his comparisons to the way his career is. The guy is sixth all-time in scoring now. I mean, think about that. Andrew, could you think of the other guy? So here's the four names I could think of who he's behind in scoring. Michael Jordan, uh, Karl Malone, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe. Who's the fifth guy that he's behind? Uh, Man, I was, hmm, those are the four I had in my head. Um, Right. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I, I couldn't quite... Put a put a put a uh, a finger to it, but um, but I, I, when I thought about when I thought about Dirk Nowitzki, I thought of the first thing I thought of is Peyton Manning, and reason being, the guy has only won one one championship. He's been to he's been to two. I think he's been to, no, he's been to two NBA Finals. He's only won one, and he's never been a guy to get to the championship, but he's always gotten gotten the deep runs in the postseason, or at least gotten to the second round. And always finds a way to lose, but he is now. He is now, and I can make the case for this. But he is probably the greatest scoring big man in NBA history. I mean, and, and, and that's saying a lot because Kareem and Karl Malone. That's saying a lot. Trust me. But when it comes to and Wilt uh, behind Wilt. Oh, so Wilt is so Wilt is fifth. Okay. Yep. That's the guy. Okay, that makes sense. I kind I kind of figured, but. But think about that. When it comes to shooting the ball from the outside, mid-range game, the greatest big man shooter we've ever seen. And that's saying something from the standpoint of, look, there's a guy like Larry Bird back in the day, and I know this is CLNS radio, but seriously, Larry Bird back in the day, you know, was an outside shooter. He's, he, played, he played more inside than we, than we know, but he was an outside shooter for his day. And Dirk Nowitzki has clearly surpassed him by a lot. 
um, with his career. And it's really snuck up on me. I mean, it's been one of those things where him passing Shaq last night was more of a, okay, this this guy, and I already knew he was a great scorer, but this guy is now an elite all-time scorer at the big man position. I, I just want to get your take on Dirk Nowitzki for a second. Yeah, when I saw it, that was, that was kind of my exact thought. It was, uh, you, you know, like, this guy is sixth all-time in scoring. Right, right. Stuff on you. Like, it, it wasn't – he didn't go out and average 30 points a game for three straight seasons or – or do something crazy like that. It was just all consistency. Yeah, he had his great season, 25, 26 points. But, you know, he was so consistent throughout his career. He was always health, which is really, really rare for a a seven-footer who's this old. Um, And and just, you know, he he is the most – he might be the biggest model of consistency currently active in the NBA. the guy, and you know, he does have his he doesn't he does have his rings. Um, I, I do like Peyton Manning in comparison. I, you know, he's not going to have as much glamour and as big of a legacy as Peyton Manning. Um, but that's just because one's a quarterback and one's you know a, a power forward, uh, white basketball player from Germany, I believe. Yeah, Germany. So you know, you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna have as much as as the guy whose whole family's in the NFL, who you know just. He was a savior of a franchise. Um, right. But this is – it's really kind of cool to see um, in the way of, you know, you – he's another one of those – he's low to the ground. He's not this crazy athletic player. He's not jumping over people. And he never he never has been. He was a lot more athletic when he was younger, no. but not supremely athletic. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he is – Probably the most low-key first-out Hall of Famer in the history of the NBA. Yeah, and that's saying something considering, you know, sixth all-time in scoring, for all we know, he could. You never know. He could jump to fifth. And if he jumps to fifth, that would be insane, knowing the guys that are in front of him. Um, But the other comparison I made when I was talking about Dirk Javitsky on the show was about, about being Peyton Manning. I mean, Tim Duncan is the Tom Brady of the NFL of the NBA. Now he's not as hated as Tom Brady, but there was a time where I don't know if you remember, Andrew, you're a little young, but time where people did not like Tim Duncan back in the early 2000s. I mean, he was looked down upon as a guy who was boring or obviously he's he's still boring, but he was a guy that was just not liked and uh, didn't bring pizzazz to the game and just wasn't, he just, he just didn't have that it factor to many people. And, he, but he's won. He's won games. He's won championships. He's he's clutch. He's he's everything you want to see in a guy. And, and clearly, he hasn't. He doesn't have the cheating legacy that Tom Brady has. Um, you know, quote unquote cheating. Uh, I mean, whatever people want to make of that. But that's what Tom Brady's legacy is, whether people like it or not. Um, but but it's it's similar because t- because Duncan is a champion, a winner, all that. He's known as the greatest power forward of all time. No debate there. But when it comes to Dirk Nowitzki, he's more celebrated from the standpoint of he's a big white guy who can shoot from the outside and really uh, redefined the, the power forwards of the big man game. For anybody above 6'8", he redefined that for them because guys who are 6'8", normally aren't shooting fadeaways from 18, 20 feet out. They're, they're, they're down low, backing you in, dunking, doing something crazy athletic, doing something good. And, and this guy has been – a stiff on the outside, constantly making the jump shots that he's always been accustomed to doing. And so I made that comparison early on in the show, and I just thought it was fascinating to see him, like you said, pass Shaq, sixth all-time in scoring. Your, your Pistons played last night, man. I mean, they, they lost oh. again. Uh, they lost again to the Atlanta Hawks, but it's still early in the year. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're hanging out in the bottom portion of that playoff pack in the Eastern Conference, but I wanted to get your take on one team. The Orlando Magic, they won last night as well over the Houston Rockets. They're now 17-12, and 12, Andrew. They're 17 and, This team could have been at one point 6-0 and 0 to start the year. There were four games they should have won early on in the year. This team could easily have been 21, 20, and, 20, and, uh, you know, 20 and 8 right now heading into the, heading into the Christmas Day break. It, it could have happened. Um, but they're sitting here at 17-12. and 12. That Eastern Conference is just absolutely jam-packed with teams. Um, what is your 
I wanted to get your take on not just this Orlando team, but it's this entire Eastern Conference and what it's been looking like as of late. Yeah, um, you're, you're, the Magic, I think they are uh, playing a little bit better than they actually are, um, which is a good to see. They're yeah. one of my favorite teams in the league. I love the way they were built. They were built right. Um, but at the, at the same time, there's so much young talent, and there's there's still a lot of places, especially like bench depth, where they just aren't good enough yet. Um, and, and I do think they'll come back down to earth. No, with the West, yeah. rest of the Eastern Conference, I mean, the Pistons are now the eighth seed. If they would have won last night, they would have been the two seed. So, right. just to put it into perspective, um, you know, you have Atlanta, Toronto, Miami, Orlando, Chicago, Indiana, and Detroit. On the outside, you still have Boston. You still have Charlotte. You still have the, the Wizards, who were a playoff team last year. And then to top it all off, you have Cleveland. Um, you know, the Pistons are 17 and 13. They're in the eighth. They're eighth place in the East. They would be in third, fourth place in the Western Conference. Um, so right. it's it's. I love the parody I'm seeing because I've been so sick of hearing, "Well, he's in the East. Well, he's you know doing this. This guy's better because he's in the West." Um, you know, I I love parody-driven basketball, and this is going to lead for a much, much better Eastern Conference playoffs this year, something we have, haven't seen in a few years. It's been very disappointing. Um, part of that is because you knew LeBron was kind of going to win until at least the Eastern Conference Finals. And then the other, after that Celtics team went down, the Eastern Conference playoffs kind of just fizzled out. And, and yeah, they'll outside be back of- this year, which will be awesome. Outside of the Indiana Pacers, uh, back-to-back years in 2012 and 2013, yeah, you're right. It really has fizzled. I mean, and in, in, in prior to the Eastern Conference Finals of 2012-2013, it was a, kind of a kind of a joke. Um, and then last year, obviously, outside of the Cleveland Cavaliers, it, the Eastern Conference was just. I mean, Atlanta was not a for real number one seed. We all know that. And um, the rest of the East, and I've mentioned this. Uh, a couple of shows ago, but this Eastern Conference has got a lot of gold in it. They got a lot of got a lot of teams that are, you know, Chicago is 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 falling off the map uh, more and more as time goes on, injuries and just chemistry issues and things of that nature. Miami, I just mentioned them. We're going to talk about these Christmas Day games here in a second. Uh, Toronto has still got some offensive, uh, not offensive, but defensive woes. Atlanta still isn't for real. If Atlanta's going, here's the here's what's going to dictate how good the Eastern Conference is after Christmas and going into January, which is I've called January separation month, which is where teams start to separate themselves from the pack. And you start to see a separation when it comes to who can get through the grindhouse month of January. Cause January is one of those months where there's a lot of games played and there's a lot of things that happen in the month of January that really dictate what happens throughout the rest of the regular season. Um, and if we see Atlanta still where they're at coming into February, the Eastern Conference really is not the conference we thought it would be because Cleveland's going to hang around the top all year. But if Atlanta's still going to hang around the top, that just goes to show you what the Eastern Conference is all about because Atlanta still is not very good. If Atlanta is still going to hang around a top-two spot without Damari Carroll, I mean, what what does that say about the Eastern Conference? That they're still, they're still parity-driven. I agree with you from the standpoint of parity-driven basketball is outstanding. It makes the Eastern Conference way more competitive, and I like that. But if the Atlanta Hawks are still going to be at the top, near the top spot, it's it's a lot of fool's gold because uh, a lot of these teams are not good enough to win titles. They're just not. I mean, a lot of them aren't. And you can admit this as a Detroit fan. Detroit's played outstanding this year. I won't disagree with you at all on that. They've played unbelievable, and they've actually been in a lot of close games, entertaining basketball. They're getting way better as a squad as time goes on. But they're not there to win. They're not ready to win a title yet. They're not going to beat LeBron James in the no. in the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston's not good enough to get there yet. They're talking about trading players away, and they're playing great basketball too. Charlotte was a number two seed about a week ago. They're now they're now outside of the postseason, hanging out with Washington and New York. New York's not doing anything either. Orlando's young. I mean, Indiana they they have a chance of competing with Cleveland, but they're not going to beat Cleveland in a four game series. You got a lot of things right now in the Eastern Conference that are, like you said, awesome and great. But when it comes to overall talent and 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 good teams. It's just not there yet, and, and and it's coming. Don't get me wrong. You can see it coming. You can see in next year and definitely in a couple of years down the road that the Eastern Conference will come back if everyone stays together. 
but right now everything's kind of just kind of just figuring itself. I think the Eastern Conference is more of in transition than it is um, coming back to the pack than it was than it is really being great. Parity driven, absolutely, but it's more of coming back to the pack of being a legit conference again. Right now, it's just more of everyone's competing with themselves, and that's what's more important right now because in the past, the Eastern Conference, as we've seen, has just been an absolute joke. Um, anything else you want to take on that before we break down these Christmas Day games? Yeah, just real quick. Yeah, I, what you're saying, you're exactly right. There's one team in the East. There's four teams total, in my opinion, that have a chance to win an NBA championship, and three of them are still in the West. So I don't want to right. jump the gun as far as on the Eastern Conference. Great. It's just great to see the depth, um, you know, Absolutely, teams have 12 wins or more. Uh, 13 teams are within five games of the playoffs. Uh, Ten teams are within five games of first place. So the depth is great to see. And it's not like Cleveland's been bad. Cleveland would be in fourth place in in the West. But, um, you know, it's good to see the growth instead of just an embarrassing conference where, like, 38 wins gets you into the playoffs. Oh yeah, no, and that's outstanding. That is, I agree with you. I, I think that is a big time step for the Eastern Conference. I love to see that kind of uh, parity in, in 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 any sport because it, when it comes to like you've like we've seen over the last gosh uh, five ten years for the Eastern Conference, I mean it's just been year after year. It's just been a bad bad basketball at the bottom half of the, of the conference, and finally we're seeing some form of outstanding basketball at the bottom portion. Let's get to these Christmas Day games, shall we? Um, I wanted to get your take on this first game in the morning. Um, obviously, Carmelo Anthony's not happy with not playing on Christmas Day. Neither am I. Um, I want to see the Knicks play, but I mean, we've already we've got, we've already talked about the topic. We've hit upon it a lot. Um, but the Pelicans and Miami Heat. Uh, Miami Heat are sixteen and eleven. I've, I, I've I've I'm breaking down these games as though people haven't really watched the NBA because let's just be honest. A majority of the generic sports fan, not not that. Sports fans are generic. I'm just saying people who tune on sports for just the entertainment purposes, most of them are now going to start to shift their attention from football a little bit to the NBA. So they're going to go from football, and this weekend, this Christmas especially, people are going to slowly shift a little bit to the NBA. They're going to start to putting more attention on it as of tomorrow. Um, and for this game, I've broken it down as, look, New Orleans, they're 9-19, and but that 9-19 and is not fair because – Let's be honest, if they were healthy coming into the season, they might be more like 15 and 14. They might be more like 16 and 13. They might still – they'd still be in, com- uh, in a conversation of being in the Western Conference playoffs. They look worse than what they're better than that. Miami at 16 and 11, they've been – like Miami is, is, is still figuring things out when it comes to a personnel perspective, but gosh, they have gotten a lot better. And when you're healthy, you're just going to look better compared to what they did finishing out the year – Last year, what's your take on this first game at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific for tomorrow on ESPN? Well, my my biggest hope for this game, and you know, I probably won't be watching it if we're being honest. Um, I'm probably going to start tuning in at the 2:30 game, but uh, my oh, biggest yeah. hope is that they stick Anthony Davis on Hassan Whiteside so he can show him Absolutely. how a real man plays. Um, Hassan Whiteside, in my opinion, is one of the most, if not the most, overrated player in the entire league. Um, the guy gets lost on offense. He, you know, he blocks a ton of shots, but he gets lost a ton on defense aside from the blocks. You know, there's, there's more to, to defense than just blocking shots from a big man. Um, I think the one thing he does have is that intimidation factor where players don't want to drive as much, but, excuse me, but, um, you know, you're, you're going to go against a true NBA top five player. And he's going to show him how it's done. He's going to show him how to play offense the right way. He's going to show him how to play defense the right way. Where even if you're not blocking shots, you're altering shots. Um, and, and I really think the Pelicans are going, to, are going to beat the Heat and beat the Heat pretty bad. Um, the Pelicans have been playing a lot better. They started what zero and ten, you know, and they're nine yeah, and nine. They started really now. bad. That's nine and nine since then, and I think they even started you know worse than zero and ten as far. I think they were like two and fourteen at some point. Um, the the yeah. team is. Four and fifteen at some point, so they're five and four since then. But this team is uh, is a is a much much like you said a much better team than their record indicates. And I don't think the right. are as good as their record indicates. They've played twenty seven games, and seventeen of those have been at home. They already have almost half of their home schedule off, you know, complete. 
Um, so I think that I think the Pelicans are going to come out there, and Anthony Davis is going to go off, and he's going to show Hassan Whiteside how to play. I, I, you know, I, I think Dwayne Wade, who watched him the other night against the Pistons, has become one of the most amazing players in the NBA. The way he uses yeah. screens and just his basketball IQ yeah. is just, you know, he's he's really it's through the uh, roof. Evolved. Yeah, he he evolved from a guy who relied on athleticism, and he was always smart, but he didn't have to be because of that athleticism to a guy who may have a top five basketball IQ in the entire league. Um, yep. Uses it to get to get these these open mid range shots. No, the, maybe the best user of the screen in non pick and roll situations in the entire league. Um, I think he'll keep a minute. He's still great. He's still maybe, maybe a top-five shooting guard, um, even with no knees, uh, you know, and no three-point jumper, which is amazing. Um, but I do think Anthony Davis and the Pelicans will take this one from the heat. You know, my take on this, and, and, and you bring up a good point about Dwayne Wade and him getting much better, and it's not just the standpoint of him adjusting to his body, but it's from the standpoint of, you mentioned it. He used to rely on athleticism and, and, and getting to the rim and being being ferocious when he head to the rim, and he still does that from time to time. He doesn't do it every other play like he used to back in the day, but the guy has transformed into this guy who knows how to use every single ounce of what he has in every game now, which is incredible because over the last four or five years, we thought Dwayne Wade was going to be done. Knees were out, uh, you know, just – overall body giving out not there he wasn't playing as well as he was and the guy has transformed into a much better basketball player and if you can make the case that if he would have played this way the way he's playing now uh when lebron was there i i'm sitting here and i'm telling you i think they would have won three straight nba titles because i can guarantee you the spurs that they would have played in 2014 when the spurs won the championship they would have beat them they would have because Dwayne wade was not he was not healthy in that in in that playoffs he was not healthy in that series. Um, obviously, LeBron could not do it by himself. Um, but he's been playing a lot better basketball. And one matchup to watch outside of I agree with you, Hassan Whiteside and uh, and Hassan Whiteside and Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis and Chris Bosh are more likely going to match up. Hassan Whiteside will probably get guarded by by uh, Anthony Davis from time to time, but it'll mostly be Chris Bosh and and, and uh, yeah, Anthony Davis. Yeah. But another 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 fun matchup will be Dwayne Wade and Tyreek Evans. That's going to be a very very fun matchup. You're going to see a guy in Tyreek Evans who is an all around basketball player against the guy in Dwayne Wade who is just this. He's really a savvy veteran now, and with the way he's playing basketball, it's going to be one of those matchups where. Again, it's not it's not a glitz and glam type of matchup. Definitely not the most intriguing matchup of the of the weekend, but uh, excuse me of the of the Christmas Day games. But when it comes to watching purist basketball, watch Dwayne Wade and Tyreek Evans. It's going to be a fun fun game from that perspective. But my favorite one on one matchup of the weekend of, of excuse me, I don't know why I call it the weekend of of the uh, well, I guess technically it is a weekend. It's like a four day weekend here. Uh, but uh, but uh, of the uh, of the Christmas Day games. Uh, Derek Rose and Russell Westbrook. Look, at one point, Derek Rose was my favorite player in the NBA because of his MVP season he had five years ago. Clearly, he's not the same player he was back then, um, but I love to dream. And, and Christmas Day is about, is about hope and dreams and happiness and all that. And I just, just want to see Derek Rose play a little bit like that on, on Christmas Day, just a little bit. Because we all know Russell Westbrook's going to play like that. I expect Russell Westbrook to come out and play, you know, 40 points, 15 assists, you know, 18 rebounds. I'm not joking. I think he's going to come out and play crazy because let's be honest for a second for something. And I'm not just trying to rip on Steph Curry or other point guards in the league, but look, let's be honest. How often do you see Russell Westbrook come on your television screen when it comes to the commercials, Mountain Dew, uh, NBA Live, uh, his, his, his wardrobe, his appearance, um, what's his uh, uh, Foot Locker? He's got all these ads on television for a reason. He is the most dynamic NBA basketball player we have in the league right now, and it's mostly from his athletic perspective. Maybe not from an IQ perspective, but from an athletic perspective, he is insane. And he's gotten better from the IQ perspective. There's been a couple of times this year where I've seen his IQ come into play, and he has been incredible. The Bulls are not the team that they've been as of late. I honestly think that KD is going to go off as well. I mean, Jimmy Butler and Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is going to be a fun match. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, 
he obviously got Abaka and uh, and Paul Gasol on each other too. He got some pretty cool matchups in this game, but let's be honest, it's really all about Russell Westbrook and uh, Derrick Rose in this one. It's going to be fun. I think the Thunder roll in this game. They're an NBA championship contending team. The Bulls clearly have shown that they are not. And if the Bulls come out and play well in this one, maybe they change my opinion. But overall, the Thunder have just been rolling as of late. I believe they've won, what, four games in a row, five games in a row, something like that. And the Bulls have just been having a lot of drama as of late. A lot of guys not playing well. Joe Kamno is out for a while. I don't know, you're not a fan of him, but but he's out for a while. They've got a lot of problems right now in Chicago. I think the Thunder roll in that one, but it's all about Russell Westbrook in that one. Yeah, I think – I actually think they're going to switch it up. I think they're going to put Derrick Rose over on Deion Waiters. Or, um, yeah, I want to say he's starting at the two. Uh, and they're going to put Jimmy Butler on Russell Westbrook. Um, Derrick Rose can't keep up with Russell Westbrook anymore from a speed perspective, yeah. anywhere near an athleticism perspective. And he's not going to be able to stay in front of him. Uh, Russell Westbrook will be getting to the rim all day. They'll be drawing fouls from the big men, getting them out of the game early. I, I, I could see Oklahoma City winning this one by 25 points. I think this might be oh, the yeah. worst match for the Bulls, and maybe in the entire league outside of Cleveland, um, you know, and, and, and Golden State, obviously. But, um, you know, this is this is a matchup where, like you said, I, I could see Russell Westbrook going out and dropping – 40 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, no problem in this game. Uh, if Jimmy Butler's guarding him, that's obviously going to get a lot harder. Um, the, yeah. the thing that makes this game intriguing is, is Kevin Durant going to step up this game? He hasn't been playing great as of late. Uh, over his last five, he's averaging something close to like 23 points, uh, five rebounds, and a couple assists. Nothing nothing great, especially by his standards. Um, for a lot of players, obviously, that's great, but... You know, he needs to step up his game, and he he normally does on Christmas TV. He loves playing defense on or on uh, national TV, which I think might be affecting his offensive game a little bit. I don't think he's conditioned or in shape enough to do so, especially after missing most of last year. Uh, but I, you know, I think that's something that will come with time, and I do think Kevin Durant's going to go out and put up thirty plus points as well, and say, "Hey guys, I'm still the second best player in the world. Uh, don't don't forget about me." Um, you know, I will be watching this game. I love watching the Thunder play. And the Bulls normally will show up on national TV. So every time, I I feel like every time they're on TNT Thursday, they win. Uh, they normally do show up on national TV. Yeah. They're used to the spotlight. They like it. Um, so I think this is one of the more intriguing games of the, the day, even though it could end in a huge, huge blow. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bulls got blown out of the building in this one. It, it, just the way they, the way everything's going for them right now, they're not a really a 15 and 11 team. They're really more playing like an 11 and 15 team. That game is on ABC, 11:30 a.m. Pacific time, 2:30 uh, p.m. Eastern time. But the real game of the day, and this is the game that probably will get a ratings explosion: Cavaliers and Warriors, the, the best team in the Eastern Conference by far, 19 and seven, Cleveland Cavaliers. At Golden State, twenty-seven and one, a NBA Finals rematch. Where realistically, this is the healthy Cleveland Cavalier team we're going to see play against the Warrior team that won the NBA title a year ago, and they're twenty-seven and one. If they would have been twenty-eight and one, it would have been a much higher-rated ball game. I can tell you that much. But uh, that one loss changes everything. Uh, ABC, two p.m. Pacific, five p.m. Eastern. I am going to be glued to the television watching this one. I am more than excited, more than excited to sit down and watch this basketball game, Andrew. Uh, this is this is game of the day by far. What's your take on this game coming in? I think this is game of the year. Um, yeah, you know this is the, the one loss Warriors team. Um, you know they've turned into this huge trash talking team. They've turned, you know, they, they've turned into this team that you know you didn't see them turning into. I think they want to become villains for some reason, which doesn't make sense because they have road fans everywhere they go. Right. Um, but, but you know, it's going to be interesting. It's one of those games where I think Steph Curry might go for 45. Uh, LeBron might go for, you know, 25. But I, I think if that happens, Cleveland has a better chance of winning the game. Um, but right now I, I would pick Golden State just because Kyrie's not yeah. really back yet. Um, Kevin Love played great last night, um, so hopefully he can carry that momentum in. Um, but I guess it, it'll all be up to if Kyrie can play and play well 
and if not, how quick they get Delavadova in there to guard Steph Curry. Uh, Clay Thompson's been on fire, uh, and I mean absolutely on fire. Uh, but I think they're reverting back to the team, more of the team we saw last year, which is still all-time great. But it's not quite what we've seen in the beginning of the season. I don't think they're that team we saw in the beginning of the season after watching them, you know, the past five games. Um, so I think we're getting almost a true rematch of last year's finals, plus the health of Kevin Love, and plus about a quarter of the health. Honestly, I don't think it's much more than that of Kyrie Irving. Um, Isn't it crazy? So I, Isn't it isn't it crazy to see this Cleveland Cavalier team come into Christmas Day to rematch this team that they played in the NBA Finals and they still aren't healthy from the Finals last year? It is crazy to think that this Cavalier team is, is playing great basketball, but still not healthy from the Finals from last year. That Finals run really was one of the more brutal runs this team. I've seen a team go through in the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost Kevin Love in the first round to unfortunate circumstances, but then they lost a couple of other guys. Then they lost Then they lost uh, Kyrie Irving after game one. Amon Shumpert went down in the offseason. This team got banged up coming into that after, after that finals, and they are still coming into this game with some guys banged up from last year. And it's crazy to see them still playing well going into, going into Golden State. This is going to be the game of the year, I agree with you. And to be honest with you, Looking at these matchups in the NBA for Christmas Day, a lot of them are stinkers on paper. The next game after yep. this one, outside of this outside of this game against Cleveland and, and Golden State, uh, Spurs and Rockets. Hello, for those of you who have been, who've been watching the Rockets over the last uh, uh, month or two, the beginning of the season. What's to tell you that the Spurs aren't going to absolutely rock the? They're just going to destroy the Rockets on Christmas Day. I'm telling That's you, I'm saying, I'm telling it right now. If if the line in Vegas was twenty, I would take it. The Spurs are going to kill the Rockets. They did you watch the game last night? They made passes and plays. This team is playing on all cylinders right now in San Antonio, and Tim Duncan's not even being a major factor of it. He's just kind of a piece now. He's a piece now, and this team is dominating on both ends of the basketball court. And the Rockets are still in this. Oh, Dwight needs to step up as a player. Oh, James Harden's not a leader. Oh. No. They're, they're in dramatic la-la land in Houston. The Spurs are going to walk into Houston on Christmas Day, and they're going to lay a 20-piece 20, a 20 on them. They're going to get dominated. What, what do you see about this one? Yeah. I mean, did you see that play with the Spurs last night where they made what, yes. 10, 12 passes, didn't, the ball didn't touch the ground. Uh, it, it ends up in a wide-open layup. It was, it was the best – and I'm not exaggerating right now. It was the best display of passing, best display of unselfish basketball – I've seen in my entire life. And I've watched, you know, I, I watch basketball every single night for three hours, four hours, five hours. You know, it, it, it it's something I do every night, and it was the best I've ever seen. And, and you know, it, it ended in two points, and that's how you wish it always could. Um, and, and like you said, Tim Duncan's a piece, and that might be being generous. This, this guy, he's averaging like seven points, five rebounds. He, he looks like a pretty good role player right now, but he's averaging. I, I guarantee, if you go look in the stats, he's averaging about what Aaron Baines is averaging. Okay, <laughs> so so you know that he he I mean, he still has a greater effect as far as in the locker room goes and teaching because still the Spurs. Those guys are always learning, no matter who it is. Um, and, and you know, I think you're looking at a 15, 20 point blowout. Barring the Rockets just saying, okay, we're on national TV, let's step it up, because it seems like the kind of guys who, even if they're 500, they haven't realized, okay, we got to step it up yet. So this will be, uh, uh, you know, if if I'm doing something that's important, uh, I'm not going to bother turning on this game. Um, ho- I'm hoping I'm kind of just sitting down and relaxing by then, but, you know, if I'm spending time with family, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to freak out if I can't see the Cleveland-Golden State game. If you know if this game's on, I'll be. It's not going to bug me too much. And, and I went off the air. Follow- Sorry about that. No problem. Same with the following game. You know, if if the if I'm doing something during the during the following game, uh, in the Clippers against the Lakers, I'm not going to worry about turning it on. Uh, and, and that's what right. kind of stinks about these Christmas Day games. And I guess that's why it's better this year. And I know you hate this, but it it might be better this year that the Knicks aren't in there because then you'd have one good game all day. The Bulls and, and the Thunder are probably still a good game. Pelicans and Heat, not that exciting. 
Um, you know, I'd rather see Pistons than Heat. I'd rather see Pacers than Heat. I love to see Pacers than Heat. You know, they still have that Can rivalry you? even though LeBron's gone, and both those teams are still very good. But, you know, these games aren't yeah. all that exciting. You know who I wish would have been playing on Christmas Day? Look, and I know and I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but Spurs and Rockets before the season started, that's an outstanding matchup. I mean, Spurs and Rockets, like people thought that's a potential Western Conference Finals matchup. But it was before the season. Now it's just like, eesh. Pelicans and Heat, obviously Anthony Davis and uh, Dwayne Wade, that's, that's not a bad matchup for Christmas Day. I don't think anyone liked that the moment the schedule came out. But, I mean, still, that wasn't a bad a bad pick. I would have rather had, like you said, maybe Pacers at Knicks. That would have been a much better basketball game for Christmas Day. But then Bulls Thunder. That I don't think anyone disagreed with that. I mean, obviously the Bulls on national television is always a good pick. And then Cavaliers Warriors, outstanding decision there. And then Clippers Lakers. I think everyone saw the fact that the Lakers being on Christmas Day is kind of a joke. But at the same time, look, I mean. Now that now knowing that it's Kobe Bryant's final game on Christmas Day, uh, they're playing the Clippers, who are playing much better as of late. This is going to be a this is going to be a garbage game. Uh, the Clippers are, as you've mentioned, the, the Clippers are going to dominate the Lakers. I don't think anyone's really going to watch this game. I think the only people watching this game on uh, at 7:30 p.m. Pacific, 10:30 p.m. Eastern, Christmas night on ESPN, are just are just really the Laker fans. Are really Lakers, Clippers. Uh, uh, West Coast people who have nothing else to do, really. I mean, that's a, that's really a bad basketball game. Late. I mean, I remember a couple years ago when they had the only other really good Christmas Day game that I can remember at a late slot was when they had Warriors and Clippers, the best rivalry in the ba- in basketball, and that was an outstanding game. Like two, three years ago when they got in a fight, um, that was that was. That was a great game, but I mean, like you, like you said, like we've been talking about, you know, four of these five games could could all be really bad blowouts. I mean, the Pelicans and Heat probably won't be a blowout, but the the chances of it being a blowout are still there. The the Cavaliers and Warriors look, and I'm looking at these lines going into Christmas Day, and the Spurs are favored by eight, the Pel- the, the Heat are favored by six, the uh, the Thunder are favored by eight. I don't understand why Golden State's favored by seven, but they're favored by seven. And the Clippers are favored by 11. And I'm almost willing to take all of those lines except for the Golden State game. I mean, it's that it's – that, it could potentially be that bad. And who knows? Maybe the Pelicans will dominate the Heat as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those Christmases where I'm excited, but, again, there's, there's something missing about this Christmas outside of the Cavalier-Warrior game because – that's really the only game that I'm excited for. Um, I'm excited for Bulls Thunder from the standpoint of matchups and Derrick Rose and and and, uh, and Russell Westbrook. That always gets me excited. I feel I feel like a little kid again watching those two guys. And even though I wasn't a little kid when they came out, but their athleticism just gives you that giddiness of, of what Christmas should be about between the Bulls and Thunder. So that's exciting. But outside of that, I mean, it's it's just a lot of stinker matchups, and it's kind of unfortunate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I agree 100% on that. Yeah. Andrew, what are your plans for the rest of Christmas Eve? What do you got going on today? Uh, I go over to my aunt's house uh, probably around 2, 3 o'clock. Until then, I'm I'm hiding from the rest of my family. Uh, they are all very adamant about me getting a haircut. I am too lazy oh, God. too tired to go get a haircut. Um, I'm going to put on my bad boy's beanie uh, that my girlfriend got me last night, and I am nice. going to hide away. I'm going to hide away from the rest of the family until I go to my aunt's. So you talk about getting a haircut, huh? So this thing on my face, it's called a it's called a beard and mustache and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh it's literally turned into a uh, to a to an animal of its own. Uh I actually think it's got its own like little organs in there and uh it's got its own like shedding department. It's it's getting bad. Uh I almost think I need to go to Petco for this thing. It's getting really really uh uh, just it, it's getting bad. I, I almost have to feed it at night. That's how bad it is. Um, so I think after Christmas there will be a makeover um, and a fix. Um, that will be fixed as well. Uh, so when you when you say haircut, that was the first thing I thought of because literally my uh, my earpiece that I have for my phone is like digging into it. That's how big it's gotten. Um, it, it's 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 getting pretty bad, and uh, that'll be fixed. It's all been growing since like mid mid September. So this has been like an entire uh, an entire endeavor for my face, uh, and and hopefully it gets changed here 
uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks once Christmas is over. For me, Christmas Eve, well, what am I doing after this? I am pretty much going to take a shower. Um, I'm going to go finish some uh, finish some shopping. I got to go pick up a gift for my girlfriend. Um, I got to go and hang out with a buddy of mine that I that I used to work with back in the day. Um, I got a lot of things going on for Christmas Eve, so I am very busy. And then the girlfriend will come over. Uh, we'll do all the romantic stuff, and then after that, I I, I don't know. I, I mean, Christmas Day, then then it then it turns into then it turns into the holiday weekend. So that's kind of how it's going to go for me. So, but it should be a good time. Um, uh, Andrew, I wish you and your family a uh, a merry Christmas, happy holidays. Um, I wish all the listeners and viewers or viewers. Uh, I wish all the listeners out there um, a happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, any other uh, holiday that you celebrate, I really wish you all the very best. Andrew, anything we want to say before we get out of here? Yep, Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Happy holidays to everybody else. Um, we appreciate you listening. We're especially grateful during during the holiday season for it. Um, you know, we hope we hope we gave you a great preview and what to look forward to tomorrow. I hope we didn't stink up those games too much, throwing some reality at you guys. Um, but again, thank you guys for listening. And as, as I say every time, peace. Andrew, Andrew, guess what? What? Today was episode 100. An episode 100. Whoa. Whoa. I know, all together, from everything, from the very beginning to now, episode 100. I did the math. It's all there, and uh, it's it's crazy. So 100 episodes in the book. We're going to have 100 more episodes here this season alone. Andrew, we're out of here. we got about a minute left in the show. This was episode 37. Andrew said his line. We're out of here. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day weekend is, in the, is coming up tomorrow, obviously. Episode 38 will be on Monday, December 28th. Um, I may change the time to a little bit earlier because I work a little bit earlier that day. Uh, we got some people taking vacation, so I might be going into work early. So anticipate a 1 p.m. Eastern time start if that works for you, Andrew. Did that, does that work for you, Andrew? Of course. All right, cool. Well, we'll do a 1 p.m. start. We'll do that for Monday and Tuesday. i got to go to work early on those days, and uh, we'll do those, get those done. Enjoy your holidays. Please be safe. Please be merry. And please be prosperous. Uh, Andrew, good talking to you, man. I'll see you after the weekend. I'll probably see you on Saturday, actually. Sounds like a plan. Peace. Peace.